Welcome back to my lovely IHP community. We have a bit of a table talk today and we're going to talk about this and that and the energies from our lovely weeks from the full moon, the beginning of June. We're already in the not middle just yet, but you know, there's so much that we could share so much that there is to notice. Okay, so first off, when you are a person who's inclined to be 5D, you gravitate and navigate towards all that which is fuzzy and sweet and, you know, kind of that magical land of Peter Pan and just that magic of being a child. And those who do gravitate in this sphere, there is something very amazing about them because they hold on to the true miracle that life is in the absence of a belief system. They choose to have an emotion. Now, the emotion that is this sweet, sweet innocence is uh, many times brought to be questioned by those who present the adaptive children, emotional responses, and the filters that they use of society. So while if you're pursuing, for example, only the spirituality angle and moving into enlightenment from the stories that you will have heard from Sadhguru or others, there's a context that you don't get to hear about and that counts for the middle group, metaphysics, esotericism, the spiritual group. When you look at crystals or tarot or the ones who talk about um, Akashic record readings and again I'm mentioning things that we also include but I'm trying to give you an idea for a minute on where we're about to head with this table talk, as always, me bringing into the human component. And that's to try to support my lovely 5DC individuals, the ones who want to move into being your integrated mind, brain, and your restorative embodied self. There is a beauty in this knowing, thank you, somatic experts, that the body of every person looks to restore itself to restorative embodied self and your mind looks to bring all trauma memory and allocate it back into normal memory and remember i have that one book the kabbalah is another one for the middle spiritual metaphysics as a terrorism um so the kabbalah book that i still have that i want to get to look through talks about the fragments of ourself and with the astrophysicists, once I start reading Sabine's existential physics, and then I get a hold of there's that other person that I'm going to look at. And even just looking at neuroscience with Patrick McNamara, I like to just use the word self and ego, and, and really they mean one and the same thing for me. And trying to let you in on this self and your personality, it is you, the person, and it's the ability for you to hone in on the emotion I was describing and that would be on the believing in the fairy tales 
but knowing that you create your own fairy tale. There's a way for those of us who are consistently in compassion, the love cycle people, those would be selves that don't get fragmented in a way that equates to shame, blame, fault, or revenge. Revenge can be retaliation, spite, but essentially the ones who move into consistently their grown-up self from the space of unconsciously loving with flaws and imperfections, when our hearts get broken, we don't bask in this pain of despair. Uh, we actually take a look at the emotions. We know what happened and we process it by being like, okay, well, I'm not the only ego in town. And, and that's in one way, shape or form. We just get shared how life, the, the whole life is unfair, but we don't feel it as, oh my God, now I'm going to die. It's okay. Well, so I'm not always going to get what I want. I better get used to it. <laughs> I won't be getting used to it in a way of heartbreak though. Why would I? I'm not physically dying. And I'll use me as the example because I talk about things in a specific way with a specific feeling and I can share with you all. I don't always, but there are different phases as I grew up to how life is felt. And while the psychoeducators, that's why they say, if someone will tell me they haven't changed, I'd be worried. They don't know what it is like for a person who's consistently the self with acceptance of thoughts and emotions in a brain that is consistently in a restorative embodied self body and then moving consistently in a self agency with the ability to navigate from your prefrontal cortex, the emotions and thoughts that arise. They don't hear the stories from us because we're the ones who don't need to go to the therapist or anyone to say, please help me with this excruciatingly emotional. No, we have emotions. They're not excruciating. They're emotions. We have a relationship. The magical life people have a relationship. So we don't grow in any way, shape or form more bitter. We actually just grow more resilient which equates more loving. And we will know, even when we don't really wish we would know things, okay, when they use the word free will, I want to equate to why when, they're the, when I get a hold of the books of, one, of, of the argument of us not having free will, okay, because I think I already know the gist of where they're going to move with it. Because our body rules, our emotions are what rule us. People, again, don't believe it because they don't learn good somatic sensory motor or neuroscience or none of the what it means to be human. They only learn from the rigid, not educated people anymore that want to tell them that emotions don't mean anything. They don't understand that emotions rule you and I because those come from the physiology of you that will consistently be in a modality to keep you physically safe. So I don't want to get into the psychoeducation right now. Any of my regular listeners, you've heard plenty of it. Anybody who's new, you can ask me about it. I'll create an episode for you. Just remind me of what you want to specifically know and, and I'll do it. But the magical feeling of love is the ventral vagal nerve 
that a person chooses to hone in on because you can feel in your body that you can uplift your heart when it's going through sadness. When you understand that you are the one who thinks things through, it's very easy to say, well, if I'm going to think through an emotion in a way that breaks it down in a drastic horror story, of course, it's not going to feel any better. And so while I can understand that people who have awful environments, they have abusive and neglectful households, they have parents that don't let them be creators, that they just basically ruin every bit of childish stuff that is in them. This is very sad. Um, uh, I don't want to talk about that one either (laughs) because there's so many people They think they're adults, they're adaptive children emotionally. Their repressed child is being repressed with other children. And I am so happy that we have good 5D people out there, the somatic sensory motor and good therapists, that some really don't like that are out there because they're talking about the importance of emotions. And I am so happy, again, that we have the ones who are talking about emotions. And anyone who wants to give me those examples of what it used to be to be a human being, well, you can go and sit on that one ledge that people love to look at. Do you remember our forefathers sitting, basically putting themselves in physical danger? That's what it was to be a human. Yeah, okay, go again. I, I don't want that. And you better bet that I want that for any of the children. And if you want to call that us being wimps, that's great and dandy for me because I'm okay with being a wimp since this is the only life you might, and oh, excuse me, it's the only life you'll remember as your name. So you know what? You can go live that. I'm going to root for the people who have more humanity than you do. And I'm going to say, I'm so happy that the system does not exist based on what would not function to help us keep moving forward with life. So happy that somehow the compassionate people made it to where they are. And the part about every day being a potential last day, we already know that, which is why we're going to make every day our best day ever, because that's the point. We do actually actively know today might be my last day. And since I'm pre-recording this, I shall make sure that I will kiss my mother and at least think of the people I love because I don't actually always get to talk to all the people I love and make sure I close that night with a smile on my face and on my heart. And this actually to some people sounds silly and torturous. You know what I know about those people? That it's good that they have the rigid leaders that allow them to keep on living in what is a body that is so afraid of being vulnerable, that it is part of our mammalian heritage though. And so, you know, I'll just leave it alone and let you in on a little secret though, that those of us who do have this way of thinking and this way of being able to feel, we are very sad for those who miss out on the opportunity to tap into their ventral vagal nerve because they're afraid to tap into what, of course, will remind them of when they were not met with contingent communication. And some, it's not because of a horrible, horrible household. It's because of a household of 
an everyday person who doesn't know how to be specifically at the time, you know, in a certain way. So what's important about supporting an infant to become securely attached in their own body is giving them enough of attunement. So when they're needing food, feeding them, cold, covering them, when they're crying, soothe them, give them skin contact, but that would be a, you know, sweet skin, not a person who's anxious that unfortunately will not breed support. Um, but also if that one third is not a hundred percent, it's okay. It's the repairing the rupture. So when something goes wrong, where you notice there's a missing out on emotional or mental needs and you're not able to read the kid immediately the being able to say i'm so sorry you know i i got angry for no reason i was upset or just something so repair is the most important part to create secure attachment for an infant then for a person that too making sense of the very challenging things and emotions are very challenging of course as we move into growing up because that's what leads us so heartbreak every person will know of it the people who are 5D in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, let me specify, we only choose love and we only choose uplifting our own hearts. And we know how to do this because we know how to breathe in silence. And we don't need to believe in anything, but, you know, luckily you will have things you believe in as you're growing up. And that's where the difference, obviously, for somebody who has a horrendous childhood, they won't have anything to believe in. So they will have to find self-soothing mechanisms because there won't be a good story. And I know sometimes my colleague gets the best of me. And there are moments where I am a lot more vocal about the ease of being able to choose love. But I do try to make sure you all know there are moments where I also remember to remind my lovely community that people who have horrendous childhoods, it's not easy for them until they can be met with enough safety in their environment to then maybe give people a chance. And maybe that's a very big maybe because before they even give people a chance, they're going to be questioning every motive and their questioning is not going to be in a way of not insulting a human being. It will be in a way of completely disrespecting and insulting a human being. And these are people that I actually am saying want to move out of their suffering. The ones who are in social filters in the soul age group of relationships and society, they're busy casting stones at each other. And they're busy consolidating in their 3D, 4D, and other soul age groups. And even spirituality for some is included, those who do spirituality bypass, not a sadhguru. He imparts words of wisdom. And if people don't understand, it's not his fault. But he imparts expansion of consciousness and he's done his due diligence to know what will be more successful than not, as in the yoga exercises and everything he does. He's made it very clear that he's been able to figure out the best way to support the expansion of human consciousness and a consciousness planet. I'm very honored to know that he is doing this because I know it will support to create better leaders and better leaders means that our planet will more likely survive and so will humanity than not. And it is through compassion, by the way, not the other way around. And that's where we're going to leave that one out, meaning, side note, 
the people who are casting stones, I know a nice bunch of them, they're beautiful human beings. They live their life with a specific energy and a specific visibility and it's their life, not ours. So for the ones of us who get to live a life that is vulnerable from the heart, we get to encounter people that will cast stones on us and they will do so on all sides of the coin. So we will be named many things and it's okay because again, words do not actually hurt those of us who have true self-empowerment because we're not in the shame cycle. So if somebody calls us names, it isn't about us not hearing what actually will happen. And I love when I meet people who have the same way is we'll be curious about their insult. We'll be like, hey, can you can you share more with that, please? Like if I have the opportunity to ask somebody, usually you don't if they're being very angry at you, but if they're actually just trying to do stuff, that's where you get to say, hey, can you explain that to me right now? I'm really curious about it. Can you can you describe because I just want to know. So we, we will actually be curious. And if we don't ask, we'll still be like, huh, I wonder how that came. Because we're human, we, we kind of will know. Obviously, something pissed them off. It's very clear. But the curiosity is because we acknowledge we're not in their body, we're not in their mind. So we can't know exactly how the story went in their brain. They can only be the ones to tell us. And that's where we actually also wonder in a curious way. So with Krishna Lila, I think sometimes of the people that have no awareness of their actual self, the people that I know that have chosen their actual identity. And, and right now I'm focusing on like, this is not in any way, shape, or form anyone who has insulted me. This person that I'm thinking about is someone who loves and has only shown appreciation in their own way, of course. But um, I always, until I might get to see them, because here's where when people don't know how to speak, it's easier to get them to speak to you face-to-face -face than it is from afar. I don't think I'll get the opportunity. But even if I do... It depends because I have had opportunities to talk to people who have these personalities that are their identities, like my big man, baby friend, who responded when I said, so where does this persona come from? And they said, it's not a persona, it's who I am. So there is a way that people who will know of themselves with the social filters because they have an identity that they've listed in, in the years. So for, again, a person who's in a 5D spectrum, because we're connecting with beneath the surface, we perceive the heart of who they can be always. And that's because when we're relating to them, we can see their identity, but we also see the more to them, okay? And so that's where that more never goes away, because even though it maintains a dormancy within them, those child parts are still there, which is where we don't mean to, in fact, awaken them, but we know they're there because they're part of their history. So this means they will have had opportunities to become that version of themselves. 
And so the question arises to how do you not notice that what you could have been to what you are from the inner world of you? Again, we don't usually get the opportunity. And when somebody's insulting us, that's the same idea. But I've had a pretty good number of people that I could get to ask that question to. And so on that note, I actually have answers, which I already had the hunch about because of the somatic experts explaining how when someone has a shame cycle, they will be completely in this feeling of disgust towards themselves and worthiness. And it's very, very awful. And it's heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart. So those self-soothing mechanisms, the way people do their karma wheel, it doesn't mean that they're in the lower toroidal field or the higher. It just means that they're in a constant um, suffering that they're ignoring from their body, not their mind. Their conscious mind will continue to help them to continue existing because otherwise they would have a nervous breakdown or a crisis of identity. This is not a funny thing. This is a very bad thing. So it's natural that they, it needs to be done with experts or with their awareness. That's why, like I said, we ask when we know we can. We don't ask if we know we can't. And usually that doesn't arise because people either stay friends because they can have conversations together or they don't. Long story short, um, when people will see what is actually compassion, they won't trust in love because they didn't have it. And because even if they are seeing that it's real, their shame Teflon brain will continue to make up words of no, no, no. And it will go to the farthest extent to make out the person who is sharing love with them, the bad guy, basically, no, there's something wrong with you. You must be evil. And so they're going to twist things. That part I always wonder about too, because obviously when you're making up a lie, you're going to end up finding out that it's a lie because all lies that Italian saying have short legs. Time always tells the truth. And the truth of anyone who's in a space of love is that they're love. They're not hiding anything. And that's where you can, though, twist it around with those social filters. For example, when people look at monogamy versus those of us who are polyamorous, they consider our lifestyle or our orientation sinful to those who live with the Bible still in the Middle Ages and just any of the, not only the Bible, just anyone who wants to decide that that's equated to that versus hearing what it means and how we live or just accepting that some people have a different way of loving. I mean, it's very easy to accept this if you are a person who understands you're not, your belief is not mine and I don't have to feel or live the same way you do. It's very straightforward. You can believe that you think the best and most healthiest household is whatever, but you don't know what healthy means because if you did, you'd know integrated mind, restored embodied self. You'd know what it means to respect a person and how they feel and and you'd know this because you'd be minding your own fucking business as an adult and minding your own you know but then there's the part of well the structure because they see the structure looking into supporting different types of oriented households and so this is where no no now you're invading my space so they're concerned with their own stuff which is natural. So there's, there, there are divides. There are divides that don't have to be handled in a way because, by the way, science always does reveal answers to how health is and that equates what it equates. I know people get scared 
especially in moments of transition. But again, that's a side note. So we have a lot of different things going on. The science and the educators, the good ones, are the ones who are leading the way. So it will all work out for the 5D community, that is, the ones who will consistently think that healthy only means what they learned from the past, they're not going to see it the same way. So that's where we don't have any magical powers to work with that. It's kind of like the flat earthers, you know, they consistently for now have a group and they consistently have what is confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance, whatever it is, you know, this is where they would have a shattering of the self. So they need this for now group and and as long as they're not impacting structure so for structure we have good 5d educators we're going to make sure we have conscious leaders and that's going to be an integrated mind restorative embodied self healthy physically mentally speaking not the rigid ones rigid goes to chaos that means you're not as effective um the part of when we're being interacting with people who actually choose to think of us in certain ways because of us not matching their social little filters, okay? This is the part where we will understand what they voice. And like I was saying, we'll be curious for when we're curious and for when we're not, we won't. And for those who choose their facade as their fixed identity, we do realize at a certain point that they are completely merged with that. And so that's something that for the mystic person in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, we will feel it with our oversoul pieces. We'll have a nudge when that happens. I've had it plenty of times with those important uh, pieces of my lovely oversoul and the individual I was thinking about. That is one of the most memorable ones. In other situations also, but in a different way, and that's where it is in a way of complete um, absence, but not in an absence that they're no longer present. It's in a more faint way because of the different states of consciousness that we're completely in. So we're so far from each other that the energies won't really meet again. It's like being on different planets, mentally speaking. But um, when it comes to the active individuals who are still in the midst of their transformation, and so the oversoul parts of us who go through different types of emotional states, and they interacted or still play roles because of basically their constant transformation it may be an expansion it may not be but there's still inner stuff going on so those interactions at this point for those who are again in the enlightenment soul age group we have a way to be able and tap into our collective and our immediate oversoul and work with the physical plane and it is thanks to the people that are in our oversoul. Because of consistent interactions, and that means we're in each other's lives, we get to have conversations. 
And with our conversations of those different oversoul pieces, when there's themes, we get to bring them all together. What's most important to note is that people who can do and people who can't don't. And people who can are only the ones who proactively speak and feel and consistently bring forth in their mundane what it is that they wish to create. And that's very different type of relationship than those who consistently long for something or someone outside of themselves for them to feel that they are creating the life that they want. So for the 5D person in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, we will always be home in our bodies, even when we might not be home. Any person who moves into the Enlightenment Soul Age group from the shame cycle will know what I'm talking about. They will have always claimed ownership of their choices. They will always believe that they will have made choices that are okay with them. Shame cycle will realize those that which were not, and that's in their own timing. Because for that end of the spectrum, they are looking through the filters of social lenses, and so they're making choices based on material, and material will not last in time. Those external vices are the very things that do not actually bring to your body the ventral vagal nerve tone that allows you to be in an enlightenment vibration. And so the shame cycle person who moves into eventually enlightenment, so age group, will in time notice the difference between that which is true, and in this case that which is a forever love, a forever home, a forever safe, a forever depth of enrichment, versus that which is not. Now, the reason why is the only people who can maintain a constant vibrancy of life are the people who have a restorative embodied self and an integrated mind with the conscious choice of love in the forefront for humanity as a whole, not just themselves, for their mundane, for their oversoul, for everything around them. They keep the fairy tale alive, even when the fairy tale might not be so alive, all on their own and not because they need to do any favors to anyone. And this is where the self that is the agent will tend to take over with the compassion sooner or later for anyone who is doing what they do from the inner world because my own agent, your body and your brain, are yours. And you will recognize, like I said, the difference between that which is lost, longing, long-lasting, and forever, versus that which will have ups and downs, in and, in and outs. And, you know, here's where I have heard of different attachment categories and styles. Those are two different bodies of researchers that look into attachment. One of the ladies actually had the audacity to use a term for one of them, I'm going to be as unspecific as possible this time, just because it's a little bit better. But when I think of a person who is a spice of life, it's not someone who will come in and out. And it is not of someone who goes hot and cold. No, 
spices are constants otherwise they are not they're just a pretend something which is not actually enriching in any way shape or form the people who know what spice of life is from the enlightenment vibration will not feel that they will have met anything spicy the minute that it's in and out hot and cold and that's because inconsistency presents to me uncertainty spice is an example of something that would be consistently hot versus in and out okay and so i can equate it to the fact that anything spicy won't go cold now as a flavor i don't do hot by the way but i do love the passion of those lovely neapolitan hearts for example one of the reasons why i love my city and that's because of the uh, hearts it must be the vesuvius i don't know but all i can say is that when i'm in the city it's la dolce vita they might not be perfect but we are not perfect and that's what makes them perfect to me being able to accept imperfections and then to be able in love without any filters now that's love not hiding your heart away which is completely what every other individual who has not understood how to be in their enlightenment so age group might add and that's because if you are here you will consistently be vibrant in this enlightenment vibration because your integrated mind and your restorative embodied self have been achieved thanks to your own physical emotional and mental choosing in time when those moments of distress came about when those heartbreak okay so i'm going to use some stories right now as a child growing up i did forget some things but that's only because time passes my lo lovely younger sister reminded me in a way that you, she used certain words so my mother and my twin are the ones who get my tone and we've talked about tone tone is the indication of when we can be in our ventral vagal or not and when kali comes up i'm already more in my charge state personally okay so this is the part of it's always food for thought you know keep that in mind i try to share that but i know that some people might not get the memo it's okay we we, we can keep on addressing it at at some point at the end of the day it's for a community of people who look to tap into the higher self of you 5d enables me to know that i'm talking to communities of mystics like me or at the very least you know something about mysticism otherwise you're going to be completely lost in this field and while people outside of my circle of lovely listeners do not actually necessarily follow with the same engagement these conversations i would say that they're some of the most amazing conversations that i ever have so back to the stories the tone with my lovely sister twin and my mother is is, is a one of with them they will feel feel it as aggressiveness because i'm very uh demanding or determined or it's this like not empirical i forget what the word is and he's bossy here i'll use bossy bossy is easier bossy and dictatorship like but it's also in the way of don't touch them otherwise i would 
as a younger person, eat you alive, basically. This is what my younger sister reminded me of because I completely forgot of those years. But yes, with my mother and my twin, it's a defense immediately of leave them alone. Don't you dare cross that line. I will begin to get into a spectrum that is not one that is justified, but that it is that zero-year-old, one-year-old, two-year-old. So again, our emotions rule us always. And when you can acknowledge that that does not mean they are right or wrong, but that they exist and you want to learn about them, you will begin to tap into you. In time, I learned how to be less invasive of my loved one's spaces, including my younger sister, but she gets spoiled. So This is where she's mentioned something that I already know. If she asks me or says to me, oh, I like this thing, I will immediately ask, what do you want? How many colors? What is it? And that is something that I consciously, as she was born, made a choice. I would spoil her to death. Okay? And so again, when you're aware of your own self and you do listen to your loved ones, you do in time learn to respect but it isn't going to be straightforward. It's a work in progress. And so until, even up till now, there are ways that I can be felt as overwhelming by my loved ones. My younger sister, overwhelming in a way of smothering, if you will. (laughs) And I try not to, but I I think she knows how to handle me well indirectly, but I, I acknowledge what she speaks so that I may keep it in mind. And my twin and my mom, it's more of me trying to work with the tone. And I'm using these examples because these are the very aspects that you would want to look to, to your own self in order to grasp the concept of your raw and childish emotions. Okay, your drive though is also, my drive was not mom, twin, please give me your thumbs up, thumbs down. (laughs) No, not to say the least, the opposite. This is why I learned in time to mind my own business because they were right and they consistently are right in the mannerisms that I will hold. And this is the part. They're right, not me, (laughs) not the other way around. The part about when I will share, I'm still working on it, they just sometimes will say it's an excuse. So they don't actively understand that To work with our own emotional reactivity is not something we're consciously always aware of. There's a lag of timing between your brainstem giving the message and then you being able to recognize it. That's just how it is. That's why when it's personal, it it begins to become a lot more charged. And so... They will say it's an excuse because they're just frustrated with it. I know it's not an excuse, but this is where you can't prove it. So people will believe what they want to believe about why you are doing what you're doing and how you're coming across, okay? Here's why any smart human being, smart meaning a self-agent, not ones in shame cycle, Stable, mature, adaptive, rational, relational too, and teachable, but also humble, compassionate, neutral to the best of your ability. It means Shiva, you bring in Krishna Lila, so you will know that your emotions are the driving force of you. You will learn how to temper them, not control them, 
to become an angry Buddhist, but even to move beyond that completely. If you truly are looking to achieve an enlightenment soul age group 5D spectrum, and right now I'm just, again, table talk, sharing, you will consistently remember how your emotions rule you until you're the one who has at the very least visibility of them as they arise and then enough visibility with the objective to be compassionate and all-inclusive to say, okay, wait, that one has a really, you know, I got a little bit of a blind spot over here. And I'll use me again as the example. When I say I love my city, Naples, Italy, I do. I love the South. And I've mentioned this story before. I do not like the North. And I know that that's wrong, meaning that I have a bias. Yes, I do. And I'm not saying it's right in any way, shape, or form. No, but I don't work on changing that perspective, for example. And so when we were in the midst of playing fictitious game, okay, pretend, lovely big man, baby child, who every now and then he's going to take over the world and he every now and then his story is, let me impart the world to all of you. You are my allies. So here you get this, you get that, blah, blah. So they know that I love Italy and America. And so they said, I'll give you Italy. And at first they said, I'll give you the two Sicilies. And I was like, well, I want all of Italy. I don't just want the South because I want to, and I won't say it because <laughs> it's not right. But anyways, when I said, this is why I want this. And there was a person who said, no, 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 wait, but here, I give you another suggestion. Here's what we can do. I said, okay, you know what? You're going to be my advisor because I need an advisor because that right there, blind spot completely didn't even think twice about what came out of my mouth. There was no animosity. There's no anger. No, there is a complete biased thought because of the fact that I am not very appreciative of these individuals and of everything they've done throughout all of the years in the history of Italy. This is a person who can be objective and then say it's not right. Of course, I'm wrong, me, the person, meaning it's not, it's not okay. Why? Because of being all-inclusive. Because all people matter, all lives matter, and that's it. It's not, there is no let me, no, 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 shh, no. And that's the difference between a true adult versus an adaptive child who will have a group. There are plenty of people, they will say, no, this group, no, okay, the actual adults, the actual enlightenment soul age group person will know from their brain, like I just said, and I use me on purpose as examples, because I will tell you that I know that all life matters and nobody is good or bad in the sense of you have a right to think that someone should be eliminated. That is not what it is to be humane. That is not okay. And it doesn't matter what people want to say about their group's belief system. Thank goodness for structure and thank goodness for actual educated human beings who prove every day that there is not evil on this planet. There are people who have shame, who have blame, fault, revenge cycles. These are human suffering conditions. And here I will close out with this one that I watched. It was on uh, social inequality something about money and shame and I forget it was always on the the well or big think he was talking about disparity and he began with the posture of shame because shame is a posture that you will not I won't describe it right now but it's an actual posture and the minute you start to sit in it you will actually be feeling 
drawn down and that you're not good enough. Like there's a low energy. And so he goes into this description and I forget all of it. I need to rewatch it. But he shows how those who have economic disparities, they actually have this shame posture in this way. And so their actual physiology is in this state and in this helpless spot and they don't actually have the ability to um i forget again how it exactly went but this is where when i hear people yelling that's not what they need to be doing because their yelling is only going to make the people who think for example this 4d person talked about there is plenty of money to go around on the planet all you have to do is put the hard work in and manifest it who wants a world where you will live with three dollars just because everybody else can live with food and and so he's equating the idea that everyone having only three dollars and then having food no we should all have whatever we put our work in okay this is one of those mindset of people that I understand what they're saying, but they're really not envisioning other aspects that are more important. And that would be they're not from the heart. I mean, this is where if you're actually thinking that having $3 or a million is what is important, well, you have life not figured out in the way of what it means to actually create a sustainable planet. So when you see the 5D educators, they will talk to you about a sustainable planet. And one of them, I think it was Anthony Fuentes, the anthropologist, he was talking about it, how to distribute our, our resources, the environment. This, what I love about the 5D educators is they are a lot more composed. I'm working to get there with some of those lovely topics because I definitely want to move more and more into that. Um, when they're speaking about what we can do with sustainability, I'm just so happy. I'm like so put at ease when I hear these people because they've thought of all of it. And so he was talking about creating sustainability. And again, I forget in what ways, but because he's an educator, a researcher, and somebody who does matter more than some 4D tarot reader, I'm pretty sure that's going to matter a lot more. And what is even more important is that they actually know the math. And so they know what can create actual sustainability. And what I do know, conscious or not, those who have any type of business will sooner or later have to listen because the data doesn't lie. And the data presented in the way that I just heard some of those speakers present, it's like a done deal. Now, the ones who are foreseeing a future where we won't have water, where people will own it, where it's like, you know, they're comparing basically and they're saying it's going to be something that they don't agree with. It's because they're comparing a future to a past without the knowledge of the number of people that are on a planet. They're, they're, they're just living in, in, in their own math. And, and it's something, honestly, it is sad when people don't recognize that they're, they're stating that they think that they deserve to say who lives or dies. This has just always been sad to me. And I used to have a way that I believed, and today it's the physics, and I, and I find it even more sad, if you will, today, because this is the life you get to live. 
and this is this is your one life and that's what you get and these people are busy thinking about i don't want to live with three dollars versus thinking about what if we actually do something to allow the waters i mean i'm thinking of the future and 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 i hope that our people can save the environment for the future because i'm going to be fine i mean even if i come back doesn't matter as i won't remember this lifetime but i'm saying people don't actually think about other people suffering in a certain way the ones who present arguments where there has to be sacrifice they're limiting their own ability to see beyond because they equate it to other topics of their own interest and of their own agenda the leaders that are talking to them in the way that they're talking to them so they believe that we can't achieve a middle ground without some type of sacrifice some people are limited in what they believe is possible some are not and so while when someone's telling me the children of this country are working in certain ways and and that and that i'm thinking first and foremost of the brilliant minds hopefully coming together and allowing themselves because of having the knowledge to bring as much of the different disciplines and as much as the different data so that there can be something that moves in a specific direction i also do know that whether we like it or not there are things that take place in a way to force change and i don't like that part when i see it happening as an intuitive so this is right now we'll close out with my lovely 5d mysticism stuff but um when I heard of the 5D and I began my ascension journey and all this lovely stuff that we get to share in the Lightworkers Life for the paid subscription-based model content based on your questions and the oversoul and sometimes in other channel guidance and whatnot, I remember talking with my friend and I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. I mean, they're making it sound like all of this. And I was like, that's not, not, you know, not fun. And at the same time, um, I had one question that crossed my mind because of seeing how people don't actually um, engage with internet, with the idea of it being a good thing. My question was, how is everyone going to adapt it since all these people are so against it? And when we were forced to use only our home internet, I was like, oh, okay. It's one of those things that I don't actually talk about much because I know that it can always be different and that's why it's good to have 5D educators because they're always looking for ways to ensure that we don't have to be forced into something. But there's also a way to know that life always moves into direction to allow more sustainability to happen than not. Even though sometimes it definitely doesn't look good necessarily. But more food for thought to come in the meantime let's share the 5d educators and love and compassion and have a great day